0: Welcome to Take Notes, S&B Global Ratings Structured Finance podcast and the credit event of your day. Tune in as your hosts Jim Manzi and Tom Shoplocker, explore hot topics across the structured finance and global markets. Hello and welcome to Take Notes. I'm your host, Tom Shoplocker, and joining me today is U.S. RMBS Sector Lead, Jeremy Schneider. Welcome back to the podcast, Jeremy. Hey, good to be here. Thanks, Tom. U.S. home prices are seeing extraordinary gains with the most recent reading of the Case-Shiller National Home Price Index up almost 20% year-over-year in August. Because of these strong home price gains, we've revisited our over- and undervaluation assessment in which we compare current levels of affordability with long-term averages. This is an important input to our levels model, which provides loan and pool-level calculations of foreclosure frequency, loss severity, and loss coverage. Jeremy, what were the findings at the national level?
1: Well, Tom, the point you make about the increase in home prices being significantly high at historic levels is, is something that we've uh, taken into account and in, in included in our analysis for USRMBS. And what we're really seeing at the national level with, with this update we performed is at a national level, we're at about 5% overvalued. And this is uh, different compared to the prior assessment. We were at about negative 3% or 3% undervalued for the nation. So Um, Part of this update really reflects the increase in home prices that we've seen that you allude to and uh, lack of a better term, a a lack of wage growth that's able to keep up with that increase in home prices and not to suggest that wage growth has been weak. It's just the kind of outrun in home prices has kind of surpassed that. And that's why we're moving more uh, to a level of overvaluation. Okay, so we've gone
0: from 3% undervalued at the national level all the way up to 5% overvalued at the national level but this is an aggregate number. The way our assessment works is that we can drill down into the regional level. We can go down to the state level or even down to the core-based statistical area or CBSA level. So what are some of the trends that we're seeing when we look at states or even CBSAs?
1: Well, Tom, as we illustrate in the paper, uh, if we look at the U.S. uh, in terms of the state uh, dispersion, what we see is similar to what we've actually seen over the last several years, and that is more overvaluation in some of the the warm states, no pun intended, if you look at your Texas's, uh, you know, areas like Florida. Uh, conversely, if you look at areas in, I would say, more the Northeast, kind of the New York, Pennsylvania area, uh, those have been a bit more undervalued. And we kind of see that same consistency, although I think some states stand out a little bit more now when we look at it. Uh, So that trend is somewhat consistent and I think a lot of this has been based on what we've been observing pre-COVID, which was a lot of industry movement into particular states like Texas, Colorado. Uh, Colorado has been kind of hot in terms of our perspective over the last several years as well. And with movement of industry comes movement of people, households, and that creates more demand and that can help drive up prices in those particular areas. I think what stands out the most here is, is Idaho, I think is kind of take, it's the winner in terms of being hot. Uh, we've got the, um, the state kind of surpasses the others uh, at more than 20% overvalued. Uh, it's north of 20%. And if you drill down at the CBSA level, which we, we do as well for the top 10 and bottom 10, Um, within the paper, there you can see that the Boise, Idaho, CBSA is at about 50% overvalued. So it it takes the crown on that one. Um, And we have been seeing this. There's been a lot of banter in the market and you can read in the media how there's been a lot of migration into Idaho. Uh, People particularly coming from coastal areas where they can probably get uh, a similar state of lifestyle in terms of uh, outdoor activities and other things. And there could also be Uh, a notion of retiree movement, uh, whether it be in Idaho or a tax-friendly state like Florida. So I think from a trend perspective, it's consistent with what we've been following over the years. But again, with the rapid increase in prices due to COVID, where in addition to the low rates, the millennial demand, uh, just more people needed homes um, for purposes of shelter and more square footage and a floor plan. Um, And that's really what's driving a lot of this. Let me be more precise as to what we mean by
0: over or undervalued. We start with the ratio of home prices to per capita income for a particular region. This local measure of affordability is then compared to the long-term average. It is the relative change of affordability that determines the extent to which a region is over or undervalued. So, when we say that a given state, or CBSA, is over or undervalued, it doesn't necessarily mean that prices are high or low in absolute terms. Rather, it means that relative to the historical norm the region is rich or cheap as the case may be.
1: Uh, That's right, Tom. And and this is really the purpose of this when we do our credit modeling and also just understand what's happening in in the market across the country is to really get a sense of where could there be a, a correction, right? So if you've got, you know, prices that you, you know, Otherwise, when looking at your the equation you just outlined or overvalued, then presumably there's a greater likelihood that you could see a greater correction um, if things were to deteriorate in the local market. Conversely, if it's undervalued, then that may indicate that there would potentially be less pressure on prices if there were kind of a downturn in the local area. So that's, I, I agree with the assessment. It's not necessarily looking directly at what the prices have done, but it's really getting a sense of where is the level of affordability can compared to a longer-term trend and how that might that translate into a potential correction. Let's now turn to the application of our over and undervaluation analysis.
0: In our criteria for rating certain RMBS, our assessment of over or undervaluation applies to our market value decline assumptions when we're calculating the loss severity for loans under our criteria. Could you explain that in greater detail and perhaps provide some examples of how this works?
1: Oh sure Tom so and I know you've outlined kind of how the equation works and we've talked a bit about certain areas that are over undervalued but the, the way that it affects certain mortgage pools under our, our ratings criteria is we have an assumed market value decline assumption uh, at different rating levels of stress and, and what we do is based on if you're overvalued or undervalued for where the property is particularly located and what CBSA, we'll either increase or decrease that kind of base standard market value decline assumption. So just to give you an example, if we assumed a standard market value decline assumption of 20% um, at a given rating level, if we were looking at a property located in MSA that was 10% overvalued, we would take half of that overvaluation and add it to the standard market value decline. So in this example, the the 20% standard market value decline would now become 25%. Because we would have, we would take half of the 10% overvaluation just to take into account the potential for a greater degree of correction in that particular CBSA. Conversely, in an undervalued CBSA, we will reduce the standard market value decline, and that reduction is by 20%. So in my same example, if you were looking at a standard 20% market value decline at a given rating scenario, but you had a 10% undervalued CBSA, uh, we would then be using an 18% uh, market value decline assumption for that rating scenario, which is really the, the 20% reduced by 2%, which is the 2% being 20% of the 10%. And it's starting to sound a little bit more like a, um, a a math exercise here, but if you want more color, you can. Um, it's it's outlined as well in the uh, the publication.
0: Okay, so then in light of how our over or undervaluation applies to ratings and the fact that we are seeing a general move towards overvaluation in the market and certainly in specific states and CBSAs, what is the potential impact of these regional hot and cold spots on our rated RMBS?
1: Well, Tom, it really depends on a number of factors. Uh, In particular, no mortgage pool is the same in terms of where the geographic location of the the properties um, backing the loans exist. Um, If you look at certain areas like i mentioned the boise i mean that's definitely overheated but boise idaho doesn't tend to be a large concentration of mortgage pools but again we have seen a general shift towards overvaluation on the national level Um, so even maybe some areas that were undervalued before may become a little bit less undervalued but it really depends on the particular location of the property as i mentioned and and the type of pool i would also add that with this update uh, it also updated the fhfa um, Housing price index that we use in our analysis. So, um, you know, if there, if there are loans in the pool for which property valuations uh, predate the Q2 2021 update time period that we use, then uh, there would be indexing applied to those as well. And as we know, there's been, in general, um, home price appreciation. So, uh, no specific answer. It really depends on the, uh, the pool of assets and, and where they exist.
0: I'd like to thank our guest, Jeremy Schneider. Our latest paper. The shift from under to overvalued, what it means for US RMBS, is available on our website, www.spglobal.com forward slash ratings. We'll catch you next time on Take Notes. To subscribe to Take Notes or to view our analyst research, go to spglobal.com forward slash ratings. Thank you for listening to Take Notes with Jim Manzi and Tom Schopflocker.